WDBM East Lansing. Bringing you sports from NBA to NHL to NFL and more. But more importantly, bringing you the full rundown on MSU Spartan Sports. We cover it all. Get us on the phone at 432-3893. And now, the Spartan Sports Wrap on Impact Exposure. Hey, what's up, everybody? You are listening to the Spartan Sports Wrap here on the Impact 88.9. I'm Scott, here with Pavel. We're back again for a nice nice hour of sports here for you. Pavel, how was your weekend? Uh, it was great. It was great. Had a little, got a little nervous for the Iowa game, uh, but everything turned out well, luckily. So. It was scary. You could tell this game, uh, it's a different Spartan team than before. It felt leading in. You came up, and we met up uh, late in the fourth quarter. And it was, What's going on, man? It doesn't feel good. It just had that feeling, that same old, oh, this is Spartan football feeling, that Notre Dame game, that U of M game. Yeah, and you had mentioned, you know, just last week, Wisconsin, how many field goals did they get against Michigan, exactly. and they lost. You know, field goals exactly. only get you so far. I was, so. I was upsetting my friends quite a bit by pointing out, points of we aren't capitalizing on turnovers and we're only getting and i said i texted my roommate i was just like well you know uh wisconsin scored a lot of field goals last week and i was kindly told to shut up but and for a second straight week we're lucky that our opponents shot themselves in the foot yes and uh had some sketchy play calling especially in iowa so right there was some questions there there Paul was talking there were a few fourth fourth and shorts where they could have could have, should have, would have. Who knows what Kirk Ferentz is thinking? A Kick powerful, a field goal. They've got Iowa Sean Green. They've got a powerful, physical running back, and you run him to the outside, trying to make him beat guys. You know, outrun them, pound right through them. We had Ju Kokrick. We saw it firsthand. He run ran up the middle. He never ran to the outside. Right. Well, that's not exactly true, <laughs> but well, usually, usually. Well, yeah. What Pavel's talking about there is. Um, we ended up winning. 16-13 was the final score. And it was a scary game. Most of the second half, I was running the ball and controlling the play, co- play clock quite a bit. They had Sean Green, who we mentioned last week, who was a very good running back. They loved getting him the ball. He ended up running for 157 yards. And that second half, I think he probably had... Close to 100 yards in the second half. I don't. I don't have the numbers exactly here, but it was how much time? Maybe a little over two minutes left, and they were down close. It was fourth and less than one, I would say, and they had it. They were down by three. Could have kicked a field goal. Would have been around 42 yards, I think, somewhere around there, and they decided to go for it. And coaches in the press conference after the game for MSU said they expected a quarterback draw or a quarterback sneak to come. So they had five defensive linemen in. They jammed up the middle. They everybody just tried to dive in and clog up the middle. Turns out they handed it off out to Green on the outside. Adam Decker made a fantastic play. Just came out, met him in the backfield, and drove him back three yards. It was I had just gotten down onto the field for that, and I mean. I yelled for one. I cheered for one play of the game, and my voice is gone. I, I think it's also paired up with me being sick. But that's. I mean, it was just fantastic to see our defense. It, I'm not sure. Name a game in the past where our defense has made the play to win the game. It just doesn't. 
doesn't seem like no. that's ever happened much. And it's always the defense giving up that play. It's always our opponents scoring on our defense to take the lead late in the game. Michigan, how many years now in a row? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's it's great to see. I mean, D'Antonio, Coach D'Antonio was so happy. He called it a great team win, a great win for the program, because this builds so much confidence in not only the players, but all the supporters, all the recruits who are coming in can see that things have changed. I think there's not a fan at the game who didn't, who doesn't understand now that it is not the same team as it was two years ago. But we still have those same feelings, those same speculations. Like me and you were talking about, you know. Of course. I was driving down the field in the fourth quarter. We're up by three. Here we go again. Michigan State sitting on on the lead for most of the game. Here we go. Iowa's going to drive right down the field, score, and come out with a win. You know, we had those oh, yeah. same old Michigan State was, speculations that, oh, no, it's going to happen again. And also, we had some young players step up huge. Our secondary was injured. We had Ross Weaver was sick. He got sick during the pregame. He was throwing up. He had to get IVs. He couldn't play. So we had Johnny Adams start, freshman. He played pretty much the whole game. When he got tired, uh, Ware came in, another freshman. Jeremy Ware. Yeah, Jeremy Ware. And then... Late in the game, or Otis Wiley missed time. He hurt, looked yeah, like his hamstring. hamstring. Yep. So we had Marcus Hyde came in, who's a sophomore. He, I haven't seen him play much. I didn't recognize the number. And Mark Mark Dell, he left for a bit. And Blair White had a big reception too, mm-hmm. set up another field goal. Right, right. And then their injuries were the key there. But all those guys, Hyde came up on that last. Er, in the fourth quarter, made a big hit to stop the run, and they it was kind of a bend-but-don't-break defense. It was, it, it was scary, but they were able to make make it the key stops when they did. Chris L. Rucker had a huge game. He had, and sadly, he's probably not going to play this next week, Saturday, against Northwestern. Late in the game, he made a tackle. It looked like he probably separated his shoulder. I haven't heard any reports on it, but it didn't look like anything good came from it. He ran off the field with his arm dangling down. And I, I think uh, if we do have to sit Chris L. Rucker, maybe it's a good thing. Maybe get him a week of rest and get him ready for the Ohio State game, more important game. But every game's important exactly. now. Not, not that we can overlook any game. It's just here. as important to go to Northwestern, who's 5-0, and who had a bye week. They've had two weeks to prepare for Michigan State. Right. In, and now Michigan State goes to Northwestern, and that's a dangerous game because Northwestern is a really darn good team. Yeah, we've we've it's been well documented here that we think that Northwestern is scary, and they are. I mean, they're five and zero. Can't doesn't matter who you've played at this point. If you're still five and zero, you're in rare company. There's a handful of teams that are still undefeated. And their last win was a come from behind win, so that really boosts their momentum, right. boosts their confidence too, as well. Right. Well then. In the game, your your prediction for Javon Ringer did not come true. Sadly, he had a he had an off week. He had what was his, fi- his final numbers? He was at twenty five carries for only ninety one yards. I say only. It's that's still a decent game. He he struggled. I will put nine guys in the box to stop him. They knew that we were going to run the ball, and we really didn't do too much to get around it. We had 
a great touchdown pass down on the goal line to Gantt. Charlie Gant on a play-action fake. It was wide open. Other than that, we didn't do a lot. We had a couple shots downfield. Cunningham had a big, long reception. Then there's another one where Hoyer kind of waited just a little too long to get the ball to Dell, and he had to fight the defender, and it didn't work out. But I'm not sure. People know now we're leaning. Everybody knows that we're going to give the ball to Ringer, and we really need to fight to make the passing game prevalent. No, but what you just said about Javon Ringer only getting 91 yards – you know and I know if we talk to Mark D'Antonio, he would say, what? We we got the win. They all count oh, one. Exactly. We got the win. That's all that matters. You know, Javon Ringer getting 100 yards. You know, everything everything is set up for itself. And I think it doesn't really matter how many yards you get as long as we win. Exactly. And Coach D'Antonio was asked to evaluate the play of Brian Hoyer, the quarterback, and he said, well, I think the best way to evaluate your quarterback is to judge by the win-loss record of the team. Right now we're 5-1, and one, and hey, we're ranked. Forgot to even mention that we're ranked number 23 in the uh, 23 AP in the AP and 19. 19 in the USA Today. Yeah, so I think we we all kind of could sense that coming if we won. There were teams at the bottom of the top 25 last week. UConn lost. I can't think of the other ones right now. but Wisconsin dropped out. Wisconsin, yes, that's right. But it's just a matter of time. You keep on winning, you move up. And my prediction is still uh, on pace right here because I had predicted Michigan State ranked six and one, welcoming Columbus. You know, welcoming Ohio State here ranked. Oh yeah, it's going to be a showdown. It's going to be hopefully a prime time game, maybe eight o'clock. Well, as long as we don't overlook Northwestern, yes, that's, of course, that's the important one right now. And then Ohio State, they play Purdue this week, so they should be. Should yeah, be fine wow, has there. Purdue fallen off? They are. Wow, it's kind senior of quarterback Curtis Painter. Just he's, they, he's doing all right, but the rest of that team, there's not much there. And I mean, that's surprising. Purdue is always one of those kind of like Wisconsin, quietly good. They always have one of those years. You know, they always make a bowl game, and yeah. this might be the last the year that they don't make one. Hey, who knows? But then we we were talking, just kind of speculating. I think last week between ourselves that, hey, us versus Northwestern, that's going to be a huge game. We'll get a lot of coverage. Well, sadly, I don't think that's going to happen because next weekend is just a huge weekend for college football. This is what everybody's been waiting for. We've talked about it, how the top 25, the top 10 is dominated by the Big 12 and the SEC. So college game day is going to be in Oklahoma because number 5, Texas, goes into Oklahoma, the Red River Showdown. So number five at number one. Then your other option, that's the noon game. What's the SEC game of the week? LSU versus Florida. (laughs) So, I mean, they're number four, LSU, at number 11, Florida. Then we were talking number 17, Oklahoma State, plays number three, Missouri. It's There's good games everywhere. Penn State versus Wisconsin. Wisconsin, you were saying earlier, could lose three in a row. There. Yeah, and if if Northwestern hadn't had an off week, and if they had won again, oh, they, they would be ranked, ranked also. They so would it'd be, ranked. be no question about it. Matchup of top twenty-five teams as well: Michigan State, Northwestern. Yeah. Well, whereas instead of Northwestern, you have Ball State, ranked number twenty-five. First time the team's ever been ranked in the AP poll in the school's history. That's great for them. I think. Who did they beat? Indiana. Indiana. That's right. That's they right. destroyed Indiana, and they have a. Really good running back, McQuayle Lewis, who 
had almost 200 yards rushing against Indiana. So they've really uh, ridden him pretty much the entire season, and he's gotten them to be ranked now. Yeah. Well, then, that's, I mean, that's, that's what we're looking forward to for next weekend. But right now, we have... MLB baseball going on. Playoff baseball. Good transition. Yeah. And, I mean, I came in. If you could see Pavel, he he always makes it very known that he's from St. Louis. He's got a blues hat on right now, a blues shirt on. And so I figured, you know, no, I'm going to rep. It's because the NHL season exactly. has already kicked off. He's, he's excited about the hockey. Weekend. I'm not as excited. It's not that I don't like hockey. I'm just, it's the best time of year. I agree. Unfortunately, a lot for MLB of playoff fans baseball. listening right now, but exactly, which I did, I do believe we won the Stanley Cup last year, last season. I'm not, not positive. Agreed. <laughs> Agree to disagree. <laughs> well, I'm pretty sure that I'm right, so we can't disagree there. We did win, but so I came in today wearing my nice Philadelphia Phillies hat. I picked them over the Brewers. As did I. But yes. we we had a little. Uh, con- Little disagreement between the Cubs and the uh, Dodgers series. I picked the Dodgers because you can't, you really can't mess with Joe Torre. There's just no. something about him in the playoffs that just equals success. Exactly. And Manny Ramirez and that whole entire team. I mean, James Loney, um, shot, Raphael for calls Raphael back, for healthy. Call, Jeff uh, Kent, um, Garcia Parra. Yeah. You just go down the line. They've just got it's, a solid they team. They were hot. I mean, starting in. They August they got they just caught fire and took over the uh, lead in the NL West over the Diamondbacks, and they should get a broom out swept the Cubs just tore them apart. I mean, they won all three games. <sighs> it handily. was embarrassing. I mean, they I, they outscored them. The Dodgers outscored the Cubs twenty to six in the three games. It wasn't even close. I and, think I texted you the it was game two. And it was the second inning where the Dodgers got five runs in that inning. And I think every single person on the Cubs infield had at least an error. Yeah, I mean, it was ridiculous. Their defense was terrible. And the Dodgers capitalized. And, wow, you got to give credit to the Dodgers, but the Cubs really shot themselves in the foot. I think I don't know if it's they had so much pressure on them. Everyone, it was 100 years since they last won. This was the year to break the curse. Okay. It's not a you curse. have a good team. Yeah. You go out and play. You don't worry about the curse. Exactly. There is no curse. Don't believe in a curse. If you're a player for that team and you believe in a curse, there's something wrong with you. <laughs> exactly. You might as well find a new team. But, see, I also said that I thought that Ryan Dempster would do well at home. He had... I was wrong right off the start with that. And it's not It's not that I really like the Cubs to win. I, I even said that the Dodgers were hot at the right time. I did pick the Cubs. I'll bite the bullet on that one. But I also picked the Red Sox. They play later tonight against the Angels. They are up two games to one in that series. Best out of five. All the first-round series are. And they go, they throw John Lester. Uh, rematch of game against one. Against John, John Lackey. And in Boston, where Lester, the pitcher for Boston, is 11-1, and was 11-1 and in the regular season. Those stats get thrown out, just like Ryan Dempster at home. Stats get thrown out. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> but I, I still hold to it. the The Angels won last night in twelve innings. 
it snapped, I think, an 11-game losing streak to the Red Sox that they had in the playoffs. It's like I said, the reason I picked the Red Sox, the Do- I always keep calling them the Dodgers, the Angels can't beat the Red Sox in the playoffs. It's just something. They had 100 wins in the regular season, yeah, but they're just not getting it done now. But there's just something about a best-of-five series in the baseball playoffs where it's really you're not really back against backs against the walls when you're down 2-0. It's just it's really not that difficult to come back from a 2-0 deficit. You almost see it every other year. You see somebody come back like that. I mean, the Oakland A's did it against the Yankees a couple of years ago. Um, there's a lot of teams that come back from 2-0, and it's not. I really think it's as only hard. like seven out of 34, but <laughs> it but might I, seem like a lot. I, I would say a best of seven though. 3-0 is just. Automatic, you're gonna win. But a two zero is well, that's and that's what the rest of the series are. The best game, best out of seven, and so you have now the Dodgers going into Philadelphia starts on Thursday. Pat Burrell, Hamels, he's Pat Burrell. Did you see what Pat Burrell has done? He hit two home runs in the game last night. Last night, the Phillies hit four home runs. They led the National League in home runs. They've got Ryan Howard led the majors. Jimmy Rollins led off the game with a home run. I mean, their their lineup, I followed the Phillies throughout all the summer, so I mean, their lineup is just stacked with power. And the smallest guy, who's the least powerful hitter, the the speed guy, the number two hitter, game two, Shane Victorino, Victorino. hits a grand slam off CC Sabathia. Everybody gave the Brewers that game just because it's CC Sabathia throwing. Pitch around Jimmy Rollins. I, I can't remember who else they pitched around, but... Uh, then you get up. I think they pitched around to Howard. Or no, not CC. Wouldn't have. He was striking him out. But anyways, it left a slider. Left it kind of up over the plate a little bit, and the flying Hawaiian just crushed one. All about 165 pounds of them just put a shot out there. And that's what the Phillies did. They are they are famous for having a big inning, and that is exactly what they did. In all the games. And that's that's going to be such a great series. I would love to see the Phillies-Dodgers go seven games. That would be great. It would. Hopefully Cole Hamels can win win a couple of those. So he's going game one against, I'm not sure who. Derek Lowe? Is that who I think the it's Dodgers Derek Lowe. are going? Yeah. Yeah. But, well, they have they have enough time to set up their right. rosters. They're they don't play until Thursday. So. Five, days, five or six days rest. Yeah, so uh, it's got to be Derek Lowe. Yeah, and then in the American League, like we said, the Red Sox and the Angels play later tonight. The game starts at 8.37 is the first pitch. That's Right after scheduled. the Rays finish up the White yep. Sox. And right now it's the top of the seventh inning, and Tampa Bay has a 5-2 to lead over the Chicago White Sox, which I always love to see the White Sox lose. I mean... AL Central. Just like I love to see the Cubs lose. Exactly. Same same reasoning <laughs> there. And you know what, though? How, you, you've seen the whole uh, you know regular season matchup head-to-head between the Rays and Red Sox. I'm getting a little ahead of myself, but Rays and Red Sox, wow, those games were some intense games in the regular season. And the Rays had the edge. They, and the Rays did have the edge, they absolutely. They swept them in, Fenway. in a big series. In Fenway. Yeah, down late to really cement first place. And they, they scored... On Jonathan Papelbon right. in the ninth and tenth innings, so Papelbon doesn't really uh, scare them that much. No, it's true, he doesn't. And I mean, he scares me because you never know what that guy's gonna do. He'll go crazy, gives up a run, <laughs> comes in throwing water coolers, throwing bats. Just, 
He's not not a uh, balanced individual, I'll say. But yeah, that's shaping up well. I mean, hopefully Tampa Bay can hold on to this lead. Three runs. Their bullpen's a little bit. It's been okay, but they don't have they Percival. Have Troy Percival. Yep, that's right. But I mean, but they've been they've been without Percival three times this year. He's been on the yeah. DL, so. Yeah. They've they got a lot of great that. guys, though. And B.J. Upton hit two solo home runs in that game. He's got Evan three Longoria, home runs in the first post, first postseason for all of them, but Evan Longoria, look at him. Yeah, his first two postseason at-bats, solo wow. home runs. The teams, they're young, but they're not scared. It's it's great to see. I was, I'm, I'm surprised that the Rays, I figured they'd beat the White Sox, but I thought they'd have a little more trouble, have some more jitters, but... That manager, manager of the year, Joe Madden. Madden. Joe Madden. He has I to mean, be. They, he has to they be. lost 95 games last year, maybe. It's got to be the AL, it's no doubt it's got to be Joe Madden. And the NL, it's got to be Joe Torre. I mm-hmm. think it's either Joe Torre or Charlie Manuel. Yeah. That, yeah, that is very true. Because you can't give it to the Brewers because uh, Ned Yost got fired with <laughs> a week left in the season. I mean, Lupinella could be, but he didn't really have to do too much. And then he... Uh, he didn't do anything in the in the playoffs. If you want to get a hold of us here, our number is 432-3893. I'd love to hear what you have to say. We're going to get into some hockey now. Pavel has just been waiting for months to get back into hockey season. And he was at the Green and White game. He was at the Hockey Press Day. He's been following the team for years. I told him that he can... Talk about this team. He's just got to stay away from the Blues for a while. That is the only restriction he has. Because, to be honest, I hate the Blues, and I don't want to hear a thing about it. And I hate the Red Wings. It's it's mutual. Yeah. But so. you're in Michigan, and we won the Stanley Cup. <laughs> Enough said. Um, so for a lot of people who have listened to this show, they know that I'm the hockey guy. I always love to talk about hockey. And uh, here's my little... That's also Dan Duggar hated hockey with Absolutely. a passion. Absolutely, and he he would give me, he'd be nice and gave me my little two minutes spiel, but there you go. here I go on the Michigan State hockey team. Um, well, Michigan State, we had a lot of exits last year. Early exits, Justin Abdicator went to the, to the Red Wings, Tim Kennedy to the Sabres, Mike Radchuk went to the Flyers. That that was a move. That that, was, no, but I talked to uh, Steve Minch, the backup, backup yeah. goalie, last year. And sure. he couldn't believe. Yeah, he could not believe. I mean, he was just. We were talking in class one day. And he it was just said, bad advice by from Ratchuk's agent. Rick Comley yeah. was so surprised. He wasn't surprised about any of the others, but Ratchuk was a real surprise. And all of these guys have been sent down to the minors now because the NHL season starting. Except for Abdulkader, who is going to make the team. He's going to be a f- third line, fourth line. He was on the playoffs. Granted, line. that's a bigger roster. Yeah, but, yeah. But more power to him. So with all the exits. Come all the entrances, all the new guys coming in. Right. Ten incoming freshmen Rick Comley has brought in. So I was at Media Day last Wednesday, just trying to learn the names of the guys, like trying to meet them. And I was just watching them practice and seeing them with their helmets off, just skating around, taking pictures. I could hardly recognize any of the, the any of the guys because ten incoming freshmen. I right. mean, and a couple of guys. I went to the Green and White game. A couple of guys that really stuck out from the freshmen: Trevor Nill. He's from Novi. His dad is the uh, assistant vice, uh, assistant general manager to Ken Holland of the Red Wings. Uh, Neil was actually drafted by the Blues last in last year's NHL draft. Uh, he's a, a little bit guy. of a conflict of interest. He's there. a big guy, six two, one ninety. And uh, one thing about all these freshmen, they are tall, huge. Um, six two, six three, six four, six three, 
six foot. That's huge for hockey players. Absolutely. Usually, hockey players, I think the average size is usually around 5'10", 5'11", 205, 2'10". Somewhere around there, just solid. But like don't get me wrong, it's a 50-50. you got 50% of the team being over six foot. And, and everybody else, over... you've got the Dustin Gaisley, who's, what's he listed at? Dustin Gaisley, he's listed as 5'8", but he's not the That's shortest. Really... I mean... Well, the Lurg, shortest has to go to Jeff Lurg. Who is generously listed oh, at what? The shortest of the freshmen would go to Ben Warda. Uh, he's 5'8". He's from Lake Orion, Michigan. And Warda, Lake Orion. L- Orion, sorry. <laughs> I'm not right. from Michigan. I know. I understand. Um, but Warda, um, it's looking like he's going to be on the top line for the Michigan for Michigan State wow. with Tim Crowder and Matt Shepke. So... They were playing on the green and white together, and uh, they looked pretty good. Shepke, who got a lot of... He stepped up. He had quite a few goals last year. That cleanup guy in front, really. And talking about a guy who really needs to step up, and Coach Conley's really relying on to step up in offensive production, sophomore Corey Tropp, who has a lot of potential. He scored... He had, like, 14 points last year, only six goals. Um, But he really needs to step up. This is his year. And what this incoming class, 10 freshmen, it's a really young team, what it allows us to do is for the older guys and the younger guys, like the sophomores, to really become leaders and step up and really be vocal on the team. And I think this team's going to come together and really gel by midseason, and they're going to play some really great hockey because they have to because by midseason, late November and the entire month of December, they go at Wisconsin and at at Minnesota. Back-to-back games. Last year, they tied both of those games. Right. Uh, and then once December rolls around, they have a home-and-home with Michigan. Uh, and then they have the Great Lakes Invitational. They welcome in North Dakota, who comes here, wow. and then Michigan-Michigan Tech. So that is a tough stretch. Wow, that is a great team. Normally, that Michigan they, State, Michigan, Michigan Tech always play in that. And they bring in a random team. Usually yeah. it's um, not that great North Dakota oh, has been in the top, one of the top teams in college hockey oh, yeah. for so many years now. They've been and to the Frozen Four absolutely. the last few years. And yeah. last year, Michigan State opened the season game number one at That's North right. Dakota. So got and now North Dakota and and got six up. Six yeah, up. they really did, and uh, they recovered it, of course. But yeah. this year, they get to play mid-season where they're a little more together, and hopefully, this young team, this. And the veterans will gel, and they'll be ready for this tough stretch coming up for the season. But I really like this team. They've got a lot of potential, and the green-white game is a great game to really show what they've got. And the best part, the NCAA and the CCHA has installed the, sh- the, the shootout, shootout this year. Right. Taking a page I from the that. NHL, no more ties in college hockey. You're going to see a shootout if there's a tie to be broken. Now, overtime still, what is it? Is it uh, Another five minutes. Five minutes? Yeah, five, five minutes. minutes of... Five on and it's 5-on-5, five five five, though, yeah. Right. The NHL Pros is 4-on-4. Four four four. Four. But, yeah, so... So Ooh. it's going to be an exciting year. Go Come out to Mon Ice Arena and see some shootouts, maybe. That'd be great, because there we were. Maybe not last year so much, but there have been quite a few games that ended in ties. And Do you know who's, who looked good, who looked the best in the shootout there? In the shootout? I know only one person scored, Cavisto. Uh, yeah, Cavisto mm-hmm. scored. He went uh, high glove side on Jeff Lurg. I would not test Jeff Lurg glove side. No. I would test him. I don't know. Um, I would test him high, though. Jeff <laughs> Lurg only gave up one goal in the green and white game, and they were all shooting high, and they are all missing the net, going over the net. They were trying to go high on Lurg because he's a little short guy. Right. But, I mean, why wouldn't you go low? You, you have a lot of the net to try, but that's what makes Lurk so amazing. He he's cover, easily he's so the small. fastest goalie. Absolutely, 
fast. You want to try high on him? Try the national championship game where he robbed that Boston College guy point blank range, going down. Exactly. Yeah, that. Hopefully, that team they've been they've put a good run together. They've been to the obviously won the championship. They made it to the tournament the last three years, and I think having senior captain Jeff Lurk back in that that. That'll help a young team. He can fix some mistakes, and you don't have to worry quite as much with with him back there. But I, I do worry about the offense. I do worry where the goal is going to come from if some of these guys don't step up. Uh, we're going to be we're relying on a lot of guys to score because we lost Chris Mueller, big guy, Tim Kennedy, our top scorer, Justin Ablicator, Brian Lurg. Right. I mean, we lost. Our top six, top seven scores. Oh yeah. So we need the offensive production to come from somewhere and, and the leadership. I mean, those guys. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, they had the old Vukovic too. Yeah, he exactly. Left. I mean, Big Dan. A lot of guys. But that the other thing, we always had that go-to line that we could always rely on. We and that was from day one. Kennedy Mueller and uh, Crowder. No, I'm actually I'm Abdelkader. actually talking about the freshman line of Crowder, Abdulkader, and Kennedy. They they got switched up a little bit last mm-hmm. year, but for three years, for the most part, they were together, and they did really well. And that was just, they are always either one or two. You could usually rely on them out there. You didn't have to worry. They were good good defensive forwards, and they always hit threat to score. It was kind of a calming thing to have those guys out there. Now it's going to be different. So, a whole line needs to step up this year. And I think uh, it gives us a chance, though. And you know, what I call a whole freshman line could step up again. We've got so exactly. many freshmen. That is very all, true. An entire freshman line, maybe a third line, a fourth line, an all freshman line could step up and really, you know, make a name for themselves first year and then get better as they go on to you know junior senior years. Oh yeah, and that'd be great. I mean, and Coach Conley's been doing a great job bringing in recruits. He's he's just been doing. Awesome. And every time, every, after every guy who left early, you know, yeah, you don't want to see anyone leave early, but it lets Comley offer another scholarship to a guy that he had to turn away because he was full on scholarships. Exactly. So some of these guys that Comley wanted really bad but had no scholarships to give, these guys left early and opened up a couple of free scholarships. Um, Crandall, uh, Matt Crandall was one of the guys. Dalton Levier. Another guy, he brought in another extra guy. So it allows these guys to really get in early. And you know what? Ten incoming freshmen will be ten seniors, and that will, that team in four years will be so exactly. good. Hopefully. Hopefully. If everybody stays around. That's what you can hope for. Well, that's And they've started started preseason play. They're playing actually tonight. tonight. They have an exhibition game uh, at Mun Ice Arena right now. Uh, it's against Western Ontario. And they kick off the season this Thursday... The icebreaker tournament against UMass. Oh, it's actually Friday against UMass, and then Saturday at Boston University. So uh, it's a tough. really, really tough two games yeah. right there. So well, it's I was surprised to see winter sports are starting up right away. I mean, media day for basketball, basketball is next yeah. Wednesday, so that's kicking off. We'll have midnight madness before long, and they had obviously the Izzo camp out was not. Last, not this weekend, but last weekend. Forgot to mention it last week. I was there for a little bit, and Delvin Rowe said his knee was fine. That was great to hear. And they all, I mean, the team they had confidence. Is really likes what he's got. It's great to hear. Hopefully, we'll see some more. I mean, Drew Knight's leaving. 
was tough, but we've got we've got enough depth. But I mean, we'll we'll get more into the men's basketball team as the season gets a little bit closer. I just, I just want to say one thing about the basketball team, Delvon Rowe. I, I from seeing pictures, I've never seen him in person until last week at the Zone camp out. He looks a lot bigger than you know, the pictures and the videos. Oh, yeah. he, he was looks, just as big huge. as Draymond Green. Absolutely, he's the same size. Absolutely, and Green's losing weight, but they're in the same and that, size. And that really helps for Delvon Rowe, a guy who can play the three or four. And step back and shoot from long range. So it's going to be great. Yeah. Well, then we have other MSU sports in action. It's been kind of a habit to come in here and just be like, well, it was a great weekend. We won. There's nobody lost and everything like that. You've got soccer winning and volleyball winning and football winning. Wasn't quite the same this weekend. The, uh, the volleyball team, they won on the first. Road trip, Big Ten road trip. They lost to Indiana, which is kind of surprising. They lost three, three games to one there, and then just got rolled over by Penn State, three zip. But no offense to all the ladies on the team and everything. I think we we kind of saw that one coming. Penn State is the returning national champion. They, they returned think, all six starters. Every single girl is over six foot in that yeah. team. They're, they're I mean, just a beast of a team. It's like they've got six Alyssa DeHans. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Who can actually jump, though? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Al. <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> and then, sadly, the uh, women's, women's soccer. soccer. They were shut out two games in a row. They've been here. They've been so these they offensive out, juggernauts. They started out Big Ten play 2-0, and now they lost the last two games. Right. Now... They go. They're the welcoming Ohio State in, and then uh, Minnesota, I think, on Sunday. Ohio State, I know they're per, for sure playing on Friday, and uh, there's someone else. I think it maybe Minnesota or Penn State they play on Sunday here. Oh, so, yeah, chance to get back on track. Hopefully, Laura, Laura Haybar. I think uh, she leads the nation in points, and she's tied in goals. I wouldn't be surprised. She's put, she she definitely she's leads the nation in points. Numbers. She's got 31 points. Jeez, 31 points already. And they just what, started Big Ten. Twelve play. games, maybe. That's incredible. And, yeah, they've played thirteen games. They are ten and three overall. And I mean, Lauren Hill's been. Uh, I've I've actually researched the team a little bit. I'm doing a story on them oh, right. uh, for TV package. But um, Lauren Hill's led the team in points and scoring the last couple of years, and now she can like take a back seat. Oh yeah, and I, assist to a lot of the goals that Laura Haybar is scoring. I've seen him play a couple times, and I think that she is loving it. I mean, yeah, she I, has. It's a she's, dual attack. She's felt like she had front. to carry the load for the last couple of years. Oh yeah, and now Laura Haybar comes in and hey, oh yeah, they're your time to shine. They're sharing really well. Absolutely, and that's that's key. They have two big time threats because Lauren Hill was all Big Ten last year. Yeah, um, I'm sure she was, and now she's got a player where they're not competing. That I think that might be uh, a fear that coaches and fans would have, but they've been working really well together. And how I, I'm not sure how's the women's soccer team been the last couple of years? Have they had success? No. Is this the best not, year they've had? Oh, I'm sure it is. This is the best year they've ever I'm had. Sure. I mean, I I haven't looked into it. I'm not. I'm willing. I'll admit I hadn't been to a women's soccer game until this season. But well, because of the success, it's bringing a lot of people out. Exactly. Exactly. True. And with the new stadium and all. Yeah, that stadium is really nice over there. Yeah. It makes it's, hopefully baseball will. Keep keep making the renovations that they've been doing. Now we're gonna we're gonna kind of switch here. This is sport, Spartan Sports Trip on the Impact 89FM. I'm Scott. He's Pavel. I'm gonna open up the phone lines for all these people who have 
maybe been reluctant to join me. I'm going to open it up for everybody who wants to complain about the Detroit Lions. I jumped ship way, way back when. I knew that they were terrible. I'm sick of watching them. They lost, what was the score? 34-7. to 34-7 to the Bears. Made Kyle Orton look fantastic. They've made Matt Ryan look fantastic. They've made Aaron Rodgers look fantastic. You I think what? I could I think I could throw for about 250 and a couple touchdowns against the Lions defense. They they could make um Ryan Leaf look like a Heisman <laughs> trophy winner. <laughs> they could make Ryan Leaf <laughs> look like he actually belongs in the NFL. Oh. Make Tim Couch actually be a quarterback. Oh, make Achilles a wide Smith receiver. an actual mobile quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> We're going back to all the quarterback oh, busts over the it's, years. It's true. It's probably true. I mean, the number here is 432-3893. If you want to vent about the Detroit Lions, feel free to. You have a listening ear here. I've suffered through it. As long as, I mean, you can't get too angry. But it's just, and like I said, they fired Matt Millen, but... That's not going to make they a huge difference. They need to fire Roy Williams. They need to just get rid of Roy Williams. He is what a an infection. I mean, he is. He dropped. I know he dropped at least five passes. I'm not sure if there was another one in later in the game. But Dan Orlovsky ended up throwing an interception, was turned for a touchdown. Not Orlovsky's fault at all. Roy Williams, he kind of stumbled and didn't even really try to catch it, and he. Just bounced off his arm, went right to the defense, didn't do anything. He, if the ball isn't thrown perfectly, right, right where he he's wants not it, do he's not to supposed to catch it. Is what he he's not his do it. Yeah, I mean, there were guys talking today. They had Trent Dilfer was on. He's former quarterback. He was on ESPN. Live. Yeah, and yeah, and on that, he was saying the reason Eli Manning's been doing so well is when you become an NFL quarterback, it's not necessarily you throw to your receivers. You throw away from to the defensive spot, back. To a vicinity, yeah. and your your receivers have to adjust to and the they ball. they have to go get it. And if you saw any of those touchdowns that Eli threw this weekend, two to Senorice Moss, one to Dominique Hickson, mm-hmm. uh, how many others, but they adjusted to the ball. They, they, you know, they faded a little bit. And um, there was one play where Marvin Harrison, Peyton Manning threw to Marvin Harrison, and Harrison kind of faded away, but... Peyton Manning threw the ball perfectly because he thought Harrison was going to go straight, do a right. straight route. Right. But, I mean, Roy Williams, he he runs what he feels the route should be. I mean, that's the other thing. There were about four passes combined between Kitna and Orlovsky. They were just to no one, no one in particular. Who knows where they were going? And it was all Roy Williams. Who knows if there's maybe a miscommunication or Williams just didn't feel like running the route. But... He he complained that one the ball was thrown too hard. Sorry if it hit your hands, you should be able to catch it. I don't think Dan Orlovsky is throwing 100 miles an hour. You can react, you can make a catch. The other ones they bounce off his hands like, oh, it was behind me. Oh, it was this. He actually he would start complaining to the wide receivers coach before he was even off the field. Then he took his gloves off and just tossed them up in the air, and he was just. Making it known that he was not happy. Well, like we said before the show, I think they should suspend Roy Williams because he's doing more bad for the team than good. He's breaking up that locker room. Oh, he's really, you know, a guy who isn't a team player right now. He says, get me the ball. Why don't you 
get the ball and do something with it, actually actually catch it. There's a difference between what Roy Williams says, get me the ball, and what Terrell Owens says, exactly. get me the ball. Terrell Owens had only two catches in the game, but one of them he took all the way for a touchdown, if you saw yeah. that. I mean, Terrell Owens There's a reason catches coaches, the ball and like a, scores. There's a reason coaches put up with the antics of one a Terrell Owens, because he is a great receiver. He, he backs it he, up. Exactly. He puts up the numbers. Roy, he's only had one decent season, I'll give him. He had probably 80 catches one season. Maybe I don't. I'm not even positive on that. And you know, any of these Detroit Lion receivers, they would have been superstars if they didn't have to share the spotlight with each other. Oh yeah. If not for the, all those draft picks spent on wide receivers, you know, Mike Williams, Calvin Johnson, Roy Williams, have they all share the spotlight? So, how can they each, you know, establish themselves as a top tier receiver if you know the the past product the the you know the passing just has to get broken down by yeah. three receivers. Yeah. I and mean, it, there's got to be a prime, there's got to be a main receiver to go to, exactly. a go-to receiver. And that's the other thing. They haven't really filled in. Normally, if you have three receivers, you'll have somebody who's definitely the number one. You have Definitely the slot. I mean, we've had that. Mike Furry definitely filled the role as a slot receiver. But they've all kind of competed to be the number one receiver. They haven't filled a role that they need to. But, I mean, I watched that, and I was just saying, I... I just said I was. You need to cut Roy Williams. Just get rid of him. I mean, and he's just doing himself no good. He's in the last year of his contract. He's just shown that he might be a bad guy to have in the locker exactly. room for your team. The so Lions good luck are, to find his job. I mean, with Matt with Matt Millen gone, I can safely say there's no way the Lions re-sign him. I'm I'm fairly confident in that, and I'd wonder if any other team. I mean, I'm sure some team will take a shot on him, and. But he's one of those people you don't want that he's arguing with players, complaining about the quarterbacks. Always, nothing's his fault. It's everything. Some somebody else did it. It's somebody else messed up. So it's not my fault. He drops so many balls. I mean, that's. I mean, I remember saying way back in the summer during the preseason they had practice. There was a fan who was kicked out of practice. Because he was, for, he was yelling at yelling Roy, Roy Williams. Williams. That fan, somebody needs to find that man and take him out to dinner and thank him. He knows what he's talking exactly. about. Exactly. <laughs> he he knew it then. I mean, it's just... I think, this the, I think the Lions owe him an official apology. They should... If I remember that guy's name, I would I would just give it out. Because he he ripped... Roy Williams apart at practice, an open practice to the public, for being lazy, for taking plays off and not giving a full effort. He was he kept it clean. He was just telling them straight up. He was kicked out of the practice, removed from the facilities. Well, look at what's happened. Roy Williams is lazy, doesn't try, doesn't care about he his hot teammates. Hot dogs, plays. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But I, I. I was glad that there was another game. There was the Phillies were playing, and so were the Indianapolis Colts. So I didn't have to watch the Lions. And that Colts game, you didn't get to see it. You were at the. Green I saw Green highlights. Game. It was. It great was game. ridiculous. And I, you say drills and fells. Oh my <sighs> gosh! I I kind of feel bad for him, but there's it's just stupid. Didn't he uh, start for the Dolphins a while back? I think he started for the Dolphins, and then before that, the Redskins for a couple years when they were. No, he never started for the Redskins. No, he didn't. No, no it was, was Mark Brunel. Team. Okay, I think 
Yeah, there's something. But the Indianapolis Colts were down 20-10 to 10 going into the fourth quarter. And I talked to Brandon, who's occasionally in here, and I was saying, I was complaining about Roy Williams, and I made the comment of, oh, well, the Colts are done, too. Because I figured the Colts, they're down 20-10. to 10. They weren't doing anything. And they were about to go to 1-3 on the season, where you've got Tennessee, who's undefeated. And you can't afford to drop that many games back right now. I mean, four, three losses. The AFC, you... 10-6 and six is the worst record you can have to get into the playoffs in the AFC, most likely. And so I figure that they're done. Well, I keep keep watching, and I'm, I'm flipping through three different games going on. And then all of a sudden I look, and it's 20-17. to 17. And then what happened? Then I'm not sure what... Houston scored again to get to 27. And... The Colts scored 21 points in the final four minutes and four seconds. I mean, Peyton Manning's famous for scoring in the last two minutes of the game, very late. You never want to get him the ball exactly. And but I mean, Peyton hasn't been quite been the same this season. But still, he they scored a touchdown, then came down, and Sage Rosenfels. It's what third down and four. He does a bootleg. And he, he rolls out, he's going to throw, decides to tuck it in and run. If he just kind of goes down, the clock keeps running, he instead tries to go up and over. John Elway style like yeah, in the Super Bowl. Exactly. Tries to go up and over three defenders. I mean, not not just one guy. And I'm not saying, like, no Sean Moreno up and over. He just kind of full-body lunge. Tried to like, it, it a not real athletic stylish. quarterback try to jump. It was not he stylish got at all. Rocked and lost the ball on his way down. And uh, Gary Brackett, linebacker, picked it up and took it all the way back for a touchdown. So all of a sudden, it's it's real close. I think it, that put it at three points, four points, something around there. Onside kick. Houston recovers. So girl, well, game over. They still have to run some plays. They still have to get a first down. Rosenfels drops back. He's passing, and gets sacked. Gets no, no, no. The ball he, he, gets, he scrambles out of the pocket, goes right, to the right. left, and a defender comes and from behind. Hardy, he is just holding this ball out. Oh, he! I mean, he was hold so it close to your body, ball protect the, the ball. He's holding it with one hand. He down got his, at his right waist. arm tomahawked. Ball stripped, and the same guy who forced the fumble picked it up. And so then, of course, I think the announcers, the home team announcers, even said, "Well." This game's probably over because you just can't give Peyton Manning the ball. Short field, I mean, they got the ball back on the 30. Then he made, I'm sure everyone out there, if they've turned tuned into any sports highlight show or anything, has seen the catch that Reggie Wayne made that <laughs> he, touchdown. He held possession with one oh, hand. He gripped that right ball. on the edge of the end zone. He's left getting mauled by the defender. Going down, and he just, I mean... A one-handed catch doesn't even describe it for as great as it was. And he was able to actually get a knee down inbounds. The ref made the right call in real time. Got it right. It was just amazing. And then Rosen, well, he gets the ball back. They have a chance. They need to score. Throws a pick. It was a clean pick, too. Oh, it that was. was about, it wasn't even close. It was a direct throw to the Indianapolis receiver, no. or the defender. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> so... 
The Colts are this year so far what they're two and two. They're two and two. They should be such, zero and four. They're such a Jekyll and Hyde team. I mean, oh, yeah. for three and a half quarters, they were the Colts were not their, themselves. No, they were done. They, they were, were done. done. They were out of sync. Uh, their defense was giving up big plays. Steve Slayton scored a rushing touchdown. Um, yeah, they just were not themselves. Much like it's been like this the whole season, and. They can just turn it on suddenly in the fourth quarter. Both their wins have come late in the fourth. They've come back and salvaged those games. And, man, they just wake up and they show you signs of the team they used to be. Yeah. Oh, definitely. But they've got, they play um, Baltimore next, who's got a tough, tough wow. defense. Then Green Bay, then Tennessee. So that's why I was saying if they would have lost that game, they would have been. Oh, that that been is a tough, a tough, tough schedule. Yeah. But then in the NFL, <clears throat> Carolina just shut out Kansas City. I thought that our game was bad. Detroit losing to the Bears as bad as we did. I I saw that Larry Johnson ran twelve times for seven yards. Or no, something no, like no. He uh, it's got to be tough, especially if you're a fantasy owner of Larry Johnson to see him rush for 175 yards and three touchdowns last week. And you're thinking, okay, Larry Johnson's really coming out of this uh, funk he's in. <laughs> and this week he, uh, uh, the line was like, yeah, it was like twenty one carries for seven yards. Yeah, it was something. I'm not, it was I'm not positive, but it was, it was not pretty. And I mean, I that's I just embarrassing. Kind of laughed. Wow. And then this this score really surprised me. Atlanta, they're three and two over they Green, beat Bay. Green Bay. Twenty seven twenty four. In Lambeau, Matt yeah. Ryan rookie goes into Lambeau Field and hooks up with Roddy White. Two times. Roddy White. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I wish I would have drafted him. He came out of nowhere. Yeah, definitely. And Matt Michael Ryan, Turner. He's an early Matt Ryan's an early candidate for Rookie of the Year. You know who the number one fantasy player is this year? Michael the Bird. Michael Turner. Turner. Or Ronnie Brown. No, it's Michael Turner. It depends on which league. In the ESPN, yeah. it's it's Michael Turner. Okay. Ronnie Brown probably did it with just one week. That's true. One he had, he had a decent week this week. Yeah, he, he went did. for a hundred and. 25 yards and a touchdown. And what about the Dolphins? Dolphins, wow. two and two. Two and two, the Dolphins. In that division. Chad Pennington. He's. He, I've always liked Chad Pennington. He's a I very accurate quarterback. And I thought that was a good situation for him to be at. You know, he wasn't wanted by the Jets, but he, they, the Dolphins really wanted a veteran QB who wasn't even washed out. He was just replaced by... Yeah, I mean, he had shoulder, shoulder problems and people were worried about his velocity. But he can still play quarterback, done. absolutely. And they've got some receivers, and they've got two good running backs. I mean, Ricky Williams isn't doing half bad either. Oh, yeah. We're filling in for Ronnie Brown I mean, when he's taking a breather. That's, who would have ever thought that that would be the score? Miami beat San Diego 17-10. to 10. Ronnie Brown goes for 125. LT, LaDainian Tomlinson, went for like 30. Darren Sproles had more yards than him. Right, yeah. Talking about fantasy owners being upset, I've got LT. It's making me feel great every week. But, I mean, I can believe it. Then, elsewhere, Denver actually held a team to only 13 points. Their defense is terrible, but they're able to hold on. Another game, this team has been surprising. Cardinals. No. Yes, they are surprising, but a team in the NFC East who's 4-1. and one, Redskins. Washington Redskins. They <laughs> they beat Philadelphia twenty three seventeen, and they Portis were down by two game. touchdowns early in the first quarter yeah, in were. that game. I mean Deshaun, 
Uh, they scored a touchdown. Brian Westbrook got a rushing touchdown and like Deshaun three Jackson minutes in, and then Deshaun return. Jackson returned a punt. Yeah. And you thought, okay, this is going to be a blowout. And the Eagles, I don't think they even scored after that. They maybe had a field goal. Um, Eagles, they added a field goal in the fourth yeah, quarter. That's it. They got 17 points total. 14 yeah. early in the first, and then they didn't score until late in the fourth. That defense, so the defense that, really... That conference is so tough. you got the Giants, who are clearly the best team in the league. They... What they do without Plexico Burris, they put up forty-four, 44. points over Seattle. 44 I don't think to they're the six. best team. I mean, the best team in the NFC, maybe. And a week ago, I would have said the Cowboys, but the Redskins have knocked off the Cowboys and the Eagles back-to-back weeks. Right, right. But I would say the Tennessee Titans are above and beyond the best team in the NFL. Oh, I think so. Well, there's where we differ. I, I don't think Kerry Collins is. I mean, he's he's good for what they need. They've got a really good defense, which will win you games on your own there. But I, I just don't think Gary Who's Collins your pick? is quite for what the best team. Oh, the Giants. Oh, okay, I, the Giants. The Giants. Yeah, I, I have to go with the Giants for sure. They, I, I thought that without Plexico Burris, he was suspended because he missed missed a couple practices back a couple weeks ago. Some domestic disputes, something. Two two Michigan State players have been suspended now last week. Eric Smith. Yeah, but I mean, then they come out. They had yeah, the guy Hickson. He came out of nowhere, 102 yards receiving and a touchdown. Uh, they have Kevin Boss, Steve Smith, uh, David Tyree's not even playing. He's injured. Right, he's coming back in week six. Yeah, he's David put on the uh, physically unable to perform. Absolutely. Um, and and uh, David Tyree, for all those who don't know, he's the one who made Super the Bowl. helmet catch the. Uh, the gum on the helmet catch, basically. So yeah, they've. they've and Amani Tumor is always a good possession receiver, if anything. But that in their defense, I I wrote them off early on. They lost, they lost so much of that defense. Defensive ends to injury. And Michael Strahan. Yeah. And then they had another linebacker who went left in free agency. I mean, granted, Seattle is terrible this year. I mean, they are terrible. But six points, that's that's still. That's impressive. Then Dallas, they, I don't know, they won, Dallas beat the Bengals 31-22. The Bengals are 0-5. They should not be 0-5. No, they've I mean, played well the last two weeks. They have got everything they need. They just can't put it together. They can't all play. I mean, they have everything. They've got a running game, okay? Chris Perry, he gets some, he gets some yards. They've got good receivers. Hushman Zada, uh, Chad Johnson. Yeah, um, Chris Chris Henry, who just oh, came back. Um, Chris Henry, Carson Palmer at quarterback. I mean, he's just out of sync. Yeah, but their defense they they got a couple of good guys on defense. But man, they they just have, have they have everything to be a successful team, which they have been the last couple of years. Yeah, and just this year, everything's falling apart for him. And it, just I feel sorry for Marvin Lewis because he's a great coach. Well, they've run into they've always had problems with. I mean, the Bengals are, I think of the Bengals, and it's just guys who get arrested. Chris Henry, he was released by them because he had so many problems with the law. And then he actually, he just came back. He was suspended for the league's substance abuse policy. He couldn't play for the first four games. Just came back. And I mean, and it's funny because I was putting together some stories back on Thursday, and I'm looking through. Obviously, it's tough. There's no games were played yet. But I'm looking through, and all that I can find is all these players who've been arrested. I mean, you have Travis Henry. Former Pro Bowl running back for the Denver Broncos. He never made the Pro Bowl with. Right. 
and he was arrested for cocaine trafficking. Oh he had, my god! Yeah, like six kilos. Now, I mean, I have no knowledge of it <laughs> I, at all. I don't but, either. <laughs> but it was like worth hundreds, just tons, way too much, just ridiculous, ridiculous amounts of money to be spent. And he got arrested. He and one accomplice. Then you have Hilo Castro Neves. He's in trouble for tax evasion and fraud. He made, he claimed a sixth of what he earned for an entire year. Now, when you're talking for big time contracts, that's pretty bad. And I mean, I can't give out the exact numbers, but there was a lot. I mean, and then of course O.J. Simpson was arrested, found guilty. I mean, he's been in trouble, but there's just been so many problems going on, but. That's why when I, I'm getting a journalism degree here, we take a lot of law classes because <laughs> dealing with sports, you deal with guys oh, in course. trouble with the law every day. Yep. Every day. They just cannot stay out of trouble. One of the other things, Candace Parker, quick mentioned that she won both the WNBA Rookie of the Year and the MVP. I never realized the WNBA season had started I didn't know. or I, apparently was the, done. Apparently the Detroit Shock won the championship, I guess. I... I Thought they were still in the preseason. I'm not hating on the no ladies. Clue. I just think that the WNBA season is very short, and the off season is way too long. And they don't. I mean, I had they don't advertise. I had no clue what was going on. But then, and then Kimbo Slice, he lost to some guy who was thrown in the last hour, an hour before the match. Kimbo Slice was a joke. MMA fighter. We've got tonight one more football game: Minnesota at New Orleans. New Orleans has given up four points. Who do you like in that? I like Reggie Bush oh, you and the you. Saints because Reggie you. Bush, I need him to score 34 points in fantasy <laughs> I for need me Lance Moore to get me 17. I also like New Orleans. I like what Drew Brees is doing. I like them straight up to win the game. Hopefully, if you'll remember, think back. I have not missed a Monday night football game. Knock on some wood here. Drew Brees, wow, airing it out. Airing it out. He, he, any he receiver, it doesn't matter it. what receiver, he'll just give it to you. All right, I am going to throw it up. We've got Buddha sitting over there, ready to go with the Jazz Spectrum. And tomorrow, and on Saturday, football games at three thirty on ESPN two. It's at Northwestern. You can catch it on TV. It's been a great hour. Thanks for tuning in. See you later. You've been listening to the Spartan Sports Wrap on Impact Exposure. Tune in every week for more of the greatest sports information, news, and analysis here and only here on Impact eighty nine FM.